Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. I'm Chris Enns. And I'm Nick Ward. Each episode, we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade games we've tried, what we keep going back to, what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids, and preview upcoming games. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.fm slash 25C. We're actually live now with episode one, so hopefully in Pocket Cast, Spotify, whatever app you use, Apple Podcasts, of course, you'll be able to find the show All right, so yeah, just in brief housekeeping news, I guess the uh, the podcast itself is live, and so hopefully by now, again, we're, we released episode one. I'm going to publish episode two, three, and four shortly, kind of in a bulk batch. Netflix it, I guess, <laughs> and you can binge. <laughs> so, so you can binge binge listen to uh, to our our new Apple Arcade podcast. Exactly. I'm excited; it's live. Yeah, and uh, thanks to Kyle, uh, my. Good stuff, partner here for uh, great artwork for the show that you'll be seeing in your podcast player wherever you happen to be listening to it, and uh, and of course do the usual for us, share it if you like it, rate and review it in whatever player you're happen to be listening to it in, all those kinds of things that help get the word out about the show, um, especially a new show podcaster. It's just kind of like you're doing this thing and you're speaking out into the world into effectively a vacuum, other than I have. Nick, my co-host, I'm talking with, so at least it's not completely alone. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's just great to hear if there's people out there actually listening. And uh, so we've been up up to this point, we've been on our Patreon. So if you want to join our Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstufffm. But uh, now we're live into the world. So congratulations, Nick. You're a published podcaster of your own podcast, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, previously we had... Um but a couple of kind of Star Wars uh, one-off podcasts with some of the the crew who usually hangs out uh, in in the good stuff slash 3G3Q Discord Slack land yeah. of, of fellow <laughs> podcasters. But we'll try to get to uh, some listener feedback segment as more people start Hopefully yelling listen. at us about how yeah. our opinions are wrong or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so last episode, we we uh, the game we nominated to play or agreed to play, I guess, was uh, is called uh, Ultimate Rivals: The Rink, and uh, it's a uh, as we alluded to, it's kind of like seems like it's probably going to be a franchise where they what well, actually in the description it says the first title in the franchise. So <laughs> logically, there's going to be more if it goes off well. And so this one is hockey. They've got famous uh, celebrity slash sports people involved alex ovechkin uh, alex morgan wayne gretzky that you can play in the game and then presumably each title is going to take the game to different arenas of sports so baseball hockey etc football so this one is hockey um so i guess before we even start how much hockey how much familiarity are do you have with hockey I'm, i'll play the token canadian who's you know lived and breathed it my whole life are you the token american who's seen it once on uh, Lake Placid or whatever that famous American hockey <laughs> thing is. Well, so uh, my my experience is uh, as a token Minnesotan. So there's some there's some hockey culture uh, overlap, but for me, I, I don't know if you follow NHL uh, team moves a lot. But when I was fairly young, Minnesota Minneapolis lost the North Stars. The mm-hmm. team moved to Texas and became the Stars, uh, and so we were without a hockey team uh, professional for a long time. So during that period, um, what was big was, was high school hockey, you know, um, a number of my friends, uh, played, um, you know, in high school, if I was like getting a ride with a friend, uh, there was a good chance like their 
old minivan smelled like hockey gear. <laughs> um, uh, my high school was small, so but we we often our team often made it to the um, state tournament, and then women's hockey started up. Uh, I think I think it was when I was around when I was in high school, or maybe like end of middle school, it started becoming a thing, and um, and that was interesting because the rules were different, so it 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 w- ended up being a game with much more passing, a lot less checking, um, and then certainly just. Uh, ice rinks when, you know, cause it's below freezing most of the winter, uh, ice rinks were widely available all over the place. So you'd skate around, uh, or, or play, you know, little pickup games. I was never involved in, uh, it as a formal sport, but, you know, played around enough, yeah. um, but have never really followed the NHL. Well, apparently up Other in ones, your, your yeah. neck of the woods now, there's a new franchise coming Seattle something i forget what the team name is i don't remember what the name is i don't know if that got decided yet i think i voted for the seattle sockeyes i don't know it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) before we slip into an episode of icebreaker which is a uh rest of uh, good stuff hockey podcast that lasts a little while uh we should get to the game i guess but um yes i i don't know what your experience was with it We'll, we'll find out obviously but my experience i was playing it a bit this week here and there kind of it's an easy one to like drop into and just play a game and then drop out of uh obviously there's not a lot of carryover and storyline, although you kind of unlock people and characters that you, you know, if you're familiar with some of the sports celebrity folks that are in the game, it'll be neat and interesting. Um, I played, I played it a bit with some of my kids around too, and sort of let them have a, a go at it again, still on just the iPhone. I didn't break out the controller, which would have made life way easier with the controller for sure. Cause mm-hmm. your two thumbs, my two thumbs anyways, are on an iPhone screen are basically covering <laughs> a lot of the, the real estate. And, and especially, I mean, like I've alluded to too, playing a lot of NHL games on say Xbox, there's a familiarity obviously with how the mechanics of a game like that work that uh, would definitely be helped by, um, by a controller. So my kids liked it, but, uh, it, it didn't grab them. I mean, it was, it grabbed them in like a sort of like it's frenetic action. You kind of like, you're, you're never really sure where, especially again on the iPhone, where the puck might be. It kind of flies all over the place and and it seemed like anyways the either the computer player was either really bad or really good and kind of like it, it was hard to get a even a good match for at least my limited ability with my thumbs <laughs> um we did try multiplayer uh, which is, seems to be just one-to-one random matches i didn't i don't think there was a way i couldn't see anyways a way to like actually specifically connect with you directly let's say um or, or a friend on um game center but, uh, and it took a while to match. Like I, we tried it a couple of times, I think in the evening it was. So I, I kind of thought if anything, there'd be a lot more kids around playing at that point. Um, so there, it took a while to match up with somebody. Um, but once we did, we got our butts kicked very, very handedly. Our butts were handed to us, I think is the sports yeah. term. <laughs> so eight one or something like that. I was going to take a screenshot of the, the ending, but, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. How about, what was your experience with it? Um, yeah. So similarly, I played on my phone, no controller, partially cause I kind of knew that would be, um, uh, a challenging experience in terms of, you know, Apple arcade has this requirement that you don't need a controller. Um, but it very much feels like a console sport game. Um, you know, very, uh, high speed action. So I think it's three, two minute periods. Um, yeah, uh, if I remember right. So yeah, the first one I was a little bit confused, had, you know, my fingers kept slipping off the controls. Um, I think I lost like one to four, something like that. Um, but then my second round, I think I kind of got the rhythm of it and figured out a move that worked 
very consistently against the computer goalie, which was if I have the puck, like cross in front of the goal and shoot right as I'm passing the goal. And like, it doesn't track you quite fast enough so that it seemed to be pretty consistent. So then I won around like 12 to two. Um, um, there's, uh, there's all these turbo powers that I have not figured out yet. I think that would require more play. Um, you, you build them up by collecting little like bits that fall on the ice or gems or something from doing like good moves, shots on goal, et cetera. Um, and then it charges up and then you get these big turbo powers, which the computer was able to consistently use to pretty much set up for a goal. Um, there was one where the guy was running around with a giant Stanley cup and like whacking you. Yeah. Um, that was, <laughs> I, I triggered that you. one by accident and then actually I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it, but the guy I played against like the multiplayer when I, when I went, played one, he went around and like was freezing you and then he would, whoever right. he touched or ran into or whatever you would freeze. And then he would like sort of slam the Stanley cup to the ground or something and everybody would disappear like Thanos style. And then, um, Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, but yeah, it, it kind of like when you first trigger, you have no idea what's going on and, and which sort of version of that you might get. And then there's, yeah, one that was like shooting almost like a, uh, it was a baseball, it was like a baseball player's power up effectively, where he's like a pitcher throwing pitches at people, but you could like just throw the ball or puck or whatever you're throwing and knock people out that way. Um, but while you're doing that, your computer partner, I guess, is kind of like running around with a puck trying to score and you don't have control over them. Um, but yeah, so I couldn't consistently figure out a way to like time it well enough that it actually translated into a goal for me, but yeah. So I think the, you mentioned kind of like tracking the action and it is very, uh, frenetic high speed. I felt like generally if I sort of was on the wrong end of the rink, um, the computer players were doing just fine defending for me. So like, it wasn't like, Oh no. And I've definitely played some sports games where like I end up in the wrong spot and I'm like trying to run back to wherever the ball or puck is and just losing terribly because like the, the computer opponent is, is, um, doing a bunch of good moves. Um, so that was good. At least your, your wingmen wings hockey term, uh, (laughs) are like pretty good at covering, covering things, uh, while you're off in the wrong end of the, um, the, the screen. Um, I, I would say the, (laughs) I would recommend if you're playing on a phone for sure, put it in, do not disturb because when a notification rolled in, it like covered the opposing goal completely. Right. Yeah. I think that happened to my, yeah, my son was playing and a text from my wife came in. I was actually worried that it was like, Hey, I bought our son this thing for <laughs> Christmas or whatever kind of text, but he was just annoyed. Yeah. The, the, it was covering up the, the, the play. <laughs> Luckily yeah. no, no Christmas gifts were ruined in, no, in the play. No, the game, no Santa so. spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you think it's, 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 uh, you referenced uh, something about season play coming soon. And I'm wondering if maybe there's going to be a bit of like between the games, like, I have no idea if the, the mechanics of the, um, whatever the, um, what's the word I'm looking for API or whatever between games can do this where they could have like, you know, you earn this many gems or whatever in the hockey version. So then we're going to release the baseball version or whatever comes next. And that carries over maybe in some sort of way or, or what did, what did you learn about with season play? I didn't see that. Yeah. So it's in, where did I find that? Oh, there's like a little updates area and then under coming soon, there'll be seasons, new athletes. Oh, and under here is ultimate rivals, the court. Ah, so basketball, you've created your ultimate team on the ice. Now see how they perform on the court. All the superstars you've unlocked in the rink can jump to the hardwood. Oh, okay. So I think well, that answers neat. some of our questions. Yeah. Yeah. 
I could definitely see that having, uh, uh, there's some neat replayability then too, for going back to the hockey one to unlock maybe hockey players that you don't have yet in the basketball one to see what, whatever, like what Wayne Gretzky's right. power up is in the basketball maybe would be fun to see or something like that. And uh, I could see our kids definitely getting into that, you know, comparing who they've unlocked and things like that would be fun. Right. Right. Especially if, if like you prefer one of the sports, right? Like maybe, maybe hockey isn't your game, but playing basketball is. And so, you know, you'd play that version, but you'd get, you'd still get all the the players. Um, I would say that reminds me the, the onboarding, there's like a big terms of service and privacy notice about with like arbitration clauses and stuff on the (laughs) opening, uh, splash screen, which I guess is driven by the fact that they're going to be sharing data between games. So they have to maintain some back-end server-side stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I haven't seen that bef- with other games yet that I, I don't think that I've tried. Yeah, so. I, I was surprised. I, I, I felt like that was the kind of thing that Arcade kind of buys you out of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I, maybe it's sandboxed within Arcade itself somehow, and so it's not that the developer themselves has it, but kind of like some API calls to the data without actually seeing the data, you would hope. At least that's definitely what the sort of privacy angle that Apple has been pitching in general, but also with Arcade um, it's kind of would lend you to believe. But I, I, we're not lawyers, and I didn't read the entire terms of service. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think they can get your email, uh, which means in theory they can't correlate your game profile to, you know, whatever other databases they would buy or sell. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, there's so many other things they could fingerprint in the game. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hopefully Apple is uh, locking things down pretty well for arcade games, but that's a, that's maybe another topic for another, another episode we could, we could dive yeah. into, yeah. Um, figure out how arcade actually works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what did you, I guess our two questions with these games is, would you finish it and would you replay it? So what do you think as far as, I don't know if there's a finish mechanic to it, but presumably you could unlock everything that's available right now again, much like uh, Lego brawls. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am not currently really watching any sports, so I don't, um, you know, I saw, I think I saw Megan Rapinoe is in there. Um, so that, you know, like that might be a fun one. Like some of the, some of the sports, some of the players in other leagues who have like recently been in the news, it might be fun to be like, Oh, here's the, you know, interesting famous person, um, to unlock. Um, I think I, I probably would not go back to it much without trying the controller on a bigger screen. Yeah. Um, so we, we keep coming back to that yeah. one, you know, the, the <laughs> Apple TV question. Um, I have not tried it yet with my son. Um, I might see if he likes it on the iPad. I, I suspect the action is, would be too far above his, um, like he just wouldn't have fun. He'd just be like moving around and getting scored on. Um, cause he's, he's only six, but maybe it'd yeah. be good practice for an action game. Yeah. The buttons like you alluded to the buttons for me were frustrating where like the three, like pass shoot turbo, I think are the three buttons that when you have the puck or check steel and turbo, I think are the on defense. And it's, mm-hmm. it was often like, I, I trying to watch what you're doing. Plus making sure your hand, finger is in the right spot to hit the right button, uh, of the, of the three that you're wanting to actually do. Uh, and I, I would guess that people, you could basically kind of hold the turbo down almost all the time, I guess, and it runs out and kind of just flick up to get pass or or a little further to get shoot. But um, that's what I found frustrating, which definitely would be alleviated by a console or a controller. Um, and and yeah, definitely I could see like having this on an Apple TV on a big TV would be a lot of fun with with uh, people. If you can play local play on that, I guess. I, I don't know how that 
all correlates like if the same game unlocks because there obviously isn't any local multiplayer on this same device um i think the what we're coming down to here nick is that for christmas or somewhere at some point you and i both need to invest in an apple tv i guess is what we're, <laughs> we're basically saying so yeah if there's any sponsors I, I'm, out there I'm who want to sponsor out. this podcast yeah get in touch but <laughs> I guess I'm like I said I, I'm holding out for for a chipset upgrade just for sort of longevity and and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if they if there's not one teed up by March, I don't know. Maybe I would yeah. I would think about just jumping. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing I wanted to jump to uh, to kind of general arcade stuff is I noticed Apple announced an annual subscription plan. Um, which at least in U.S. pricing uh, saves you ten bucks a year, so it, it goes from five bucks a month to fifty dollars a year. Um, is that something that's available uh, in Canada or worldwide? Yeah, I, th- I wasn't sure. I think so. I actually haven't looked yet. Generally, those things do apply worldwide. Although I guess I shouldn't assume. I haven't checked yet on on uh, on my end here as far as what that translates to in Canadian currencies and if it's available because I. There's there is some restrictions on like I know Apple Music the family plan isn't available on an annual fee but the standard plan is or something like that um, and huh. so uh, but and is that something that you would take up or is it kind of still at the I guess now a month and a half or whatever it is into the Apple Arcade are you ready to drop uh, the year or or still want to sort of wait month to month I think I think I might wait another month or two kind of see how the release pace is going like um, but you know it looks like there are several games that are either have gotten updates already or have updates coming um, mm-hmm. that I've enjoyed. So like still having access to those and making sure that these games keep getting, you know, content expansions and, and whatnot is, is, is pretty positive. And, you know, either way, it's probably under, you know, what I was spending annually on, you know, either like new one-off $5 games or the occasional like, Hearthstone expansion um, or other other things that I was that I had sort of under my game uh, budget. Um, so I think it, it partially depends on also whether the rest of the family, because it's it's on our family plan, uh, is enjoying enough of the games as well. Right. Yeah. Do you find um, like I was wondering, even in terms of replayability for that game, the sort of blessing and the curse of the arcade is that there's always more games you can play. And so why bother going back if it's not exactly your thing? Whereas if I'd paid five bucks, let's say for, for that game, like we were trying it out and doing this as a, just a gaming podcast, I'd probably be more inclined to go back and finish that game. And so kind of having access to it and kind of ditching it, if it's not my thing, it's kind of a nice thing, nice thing, a blessing, but also a bit of a curse as far as like the developers, I would guess you kind of like, you don't know why somebody just stopped playing maybe your game and uh, I'm assuming they get some sort of data and must be their money coming back from Apple Arcade must be based on certain metrics as far as how playable it is, replayable it is. Um, so I was thinking the one difference, so Xbox, for example, has a game pass where you subscribe and you get, mm-hmm. it's, it feels very expensive actually for them. I forget what it is. Maybe it's 15 bucks a month or something like that. And this vast library of games and, but you can also then buy a game to keep it. So you, you have the game under Game Pass because uh, we're on a promo right now where we have it for a dollar a month or whatever. So we're just trying it out. But um, any of the games are just free to download and play. But then it also gives you like buy it now for this price so that it's available even if you stop paying for the Game Pass. Whereas Apple's taking the tactic of obviously either you have arcade and you have all the games or if you stop, then the games are not available to you at all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they keep that up or if the developers kind of pressure them to say, hey, it'd be nice to just like have a 
buy it now price or something where they can just keep the game. Right. You kind of like graduate from arcade, even though arcade is what kind of helped fund your development and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So Apple being Apple, probably a little, keep it all locked behind the paywall. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think they'll be very transparent about like their subscription numbers, (laughs) Um, you know, in, in an earnings call or anything like that. So I guess that's also for the annual subscription. I think part of what's in the back of my mind is like, is Apple putting enough wood behind the arrow to make this a thing long term? Um, you know, especially you see like what's happened with Apple News not really working out. Um, and and like you said, with the online matchmaking, you know, maybe part of the problem is the the pool of arcade players is already smaller. Um, and then of them, you have to find someone who's playing that game at that time. Yeah. Um, obviously there's millions upon millions of, of iPhone owners, but you know, uh, I, I imagine most of them are still sticking to the, the free to play, uh, junk to be honest on, on <laughs> the shovelware, uh, that's yeah. on the app store. There, there are some other great games on the app store for upfront purchase, but generally the free to play ones are pretty down yeah. the list on, uh, quality and, uh, well, that's where Ultimate Rivals, like the Rink game, anyways, feels a little bit like a free to play with, like, oh, you can buy, buy Wayne Gretzky for $5 or whatever in the game. Yeah. And it feels like that kind of mechanic would have worked just as well. And I wonder the developers, obviously, you know, we, we don't know what they, what the terms are and all those things, but it feels like you sort of wonder would they have made more money going the other way? And then they have the entire library of, of people who like kids and stuff and sports fanatics who haven't justified or haven't asked, got their parents to justify Apple arcade yet, but they would actually play the game and accidentally or on purpose <laughs> buy in app purchase, uh, make them more money. I don't know. We don't know the numbers, like you said. So, and it, it'll be something that'll be fun to watch and interesting. And, um, I think Apple will only ever release numbers if it's like so incredibly high that it's like this amazing stat that they can release in a press release of like, We've got 60 million, whatever, to convince even you know bigger publishers to go Apple Arcade specific. Right. Otherwise, it'll just be like, we've done well in Apple Arcade this year or something. Look at all the games we made or helped publish, and, and that'll be it, I think. Yeah, I, I felt like there are a few games that kind of feel like maybe they started with an IAP business model, and then Apple came to them with a briefcase full of money and said, <laughs> hey, you know, tweak this a little bit and join us on Arcade. Yeah. Um, but I think that also goes to like sort of what we've talked about with what j- genres are available is that there's certain kinds of gameplay that I would expect to never see on arcade because they're the, you know, the sort of timer based, keep you coming back chore kind of games that are designed around, oh, you know, this is going to take too long for me to unlock the thing. So I'm going to pay to unlock the thing. Um, all right. So in terms of games, we keep going back to just briefly, we'll touch on, um, I wanted to, my, one of my favorites that I keep going back to is Dear Reader. And they actually just released mm-hmm. just today, I noticed an update. Nothing major in terms of like, I guess if you've been playing the game already, some new audio effects, additional feedback. I noticed actually the notification prompt came up when I started the game this time. Where Do you want to allow this app to send you notifications? So they were obviously doing something in there. Um, and some fixes and things like that. The, the, uh, and a link to their dear reader store, which I was, I was wondering what that meant, but actually it's just a link to their store where they actually sell like coffee mugs with the dear reader logo and, and things like that on it. So it's not like they're trying to like do in-app purchase, <laughs> uh, in the game, the, uh, the mechanics in that game, which other games I'm sure will adopt or have adopted is, you know, as you unlock ink in that game, you can buy new books. So it's not that the entire library of books are just available to you, or you can pay to like unlock a bunch of books. You have to actually earn ink in the game to 
um, to unlock new books, which is a neat mechanic and keeps going back for, for more if you want to unlock different books and things like that. So uh, how about you? What have you been playing? Um, yeah, so dear reader, I, I go back and do the daily challenge at least almost every day, you know, because it's like a, a short little puzzle with some reading. It's pretty relaxing. Um, you know, definitely the opposite end of the spectrum from uh, the rink. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll, I'll be I've been slowly working through some books. Um, and yeah, I think it's interesting the way they do the ink unlocks, because I think if like every book was available, you'd almost have that paralyzed by choice factor mm-hmm. of like, oh, what am I going to go to next? But since you have to think about like, okay, now I have 3000 or 5000 ink, and I can pick between these four books, you know, which one do I want to try next kind of thing. Um, one I've read before, one I don't know anything about, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of fun. And, and yeah, I expect to keep playing that one in the background uh, at a, at a sort of low level. I, I think it's kind of occupying my, my threes slot, uh, if that makes right. sense of like, a you know, a, a lightweight, you know, graphically well-designed, but pretty simple game that you can kind of just play for a few minutes and then put away. And, and every time you come back to it, it's like pretty relaxing, um, but still challenging at points. Um, I'll be curious what the, the update mentions difficulty adjustments that make it easier to get a higher rating. Um, I, I wonder what that means. Cause I've, I've noticed the difficulty varies a lot <clears throat> between which puzzle mode it's in. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing one of the daily challenges actually with my daughter. Uh, this is when she was sick, I think, but with her sitting beside me. And so it, it would go from like, she would be like reading along and getting it and like figuring out the puzzle. And then the next challenge, I can't remember which mode it was, but whatever it was, it was just like, even the line by line one is kind of like, obviously for a seven-year-old is a little more complicated kind of mechanic to try and figure out. Um, and there was, there was one that was even more difficult. I forget what, what that mode was, but um, yeah, it kind of jumped from, so I could see if, especially for a kid, maybe who's reading at, you know, seven to 10 year old level, but then the, the uh, puzzle style is too difficult for them. That's where it would be nice maybe to dial it down a bit so that they can still play along and not feel like they're, they're mm-hmm. doing bad at reading. Like it kind of, <laughs> as a, as a kid reading that or playing the game, it's not just that you're bad at hockey necessarily you're in a video game form, which it also kind of like implies or could be that you're having difficulty reading as well. And that obviously isn't super fun times for just what's supposed to be a video game. Right. Especially cause, um, you know, like we've talked about the, it's mostly, um, public domain works from over a century ago. So the, the language and word choice is a little, um, archaic in some cases, um, which, you know, you, for, for a younger reader, more likely to in, uh, encounter either novel words or unusual phrasing or that, that sort of thing, which could get potentially frustrating. All right. So for our trailer react for next episode, which might take a little bit longer just with the holidays here, we will probably uh, take a break over the the holidays and then come back in the new year with episodes. But I thought, and we thought um, one that you, I know you've been already been playing um, and I haven't, I've delayed or waited to try just because I wanted to wait until we were actually going to talk about it. So I could sort of go in with fresh eyes, but um, is what the golf. And so um, you've alluded to, uh, you mentioned in there that there's an advent calendar to like unlock some levels or what, what's that kind of mechanic in that game? Yeah. So the, um, when you open up the game, um, the main menu, there's there's what they call the campaign, which is the main set of levels. There's always a daily challenge, and then there's um, something called the 
December special that if you swipe over, you can go into and it's a little um, advent calendar of levels. Um, but before we explain the mechanics and that, maybe we should we should watch the trailer and talk about the game generally a little and then we sure. can um, dive in what's different about about those challenges. Yeah. So let's see if this will work here. The stream will get it and you might not see it, but uh, I'll play the trailer now. I like so my initial reaction. You've played the game, so I'll give you my initial reaction. I like the there's some obvious call outs or callbacks or whatever to other games, mobile games mm-hmm. and things it looks like, and that looks like a lot of fun. Um and I like the idea of it the it's not just one style of level each time, but the similar mechanic of obviously getting something from point A to point B um and through, you know, obstacles and, and challenges along the way, I guess. But um and a really nice color palette too of which for the podcast listeners, obviously there's no, <laughs> you're not seeing what we're seeing, uh, but uh, just a fun kind of muted, but uh, fun color palette to, to the game. that uh, looks like a lot of fun. So how far into the game have you gotten before? We're not going to review it completely, but just sort of for reference, I guess for next time. Yeah. So I think on the main campaign I am at, uh, it says 17% complete. I think um, my son has actually gotten farther on the iPad. So he was able to play most of the basic uh, levels. Um, and yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, they've, they've invested heavily in, in kind of a cool physics engine so they can throw all sorts of different challenges at you. And we'll, we'll dive more into this in, in the next episode. Um, but yeah, it's, there, there's two, two things that make it really fun, I think. One is the silliness of whatever you're golfing with. And then the other is a good number of the levels are callbacks to other games. So there's like Mm -hmm. um, a Super Mario World 1-1 level. There's a a Flappy Bird level. Um, There, as you might have seen in the trailer, there there was like one that looked like desert golfing. There was one that looked like Angry Birds. Um, uh, I recognize a couple of other games uh, that I remember seeing, you know, ads for mobile games, but, but haven't played. Um, so yeah, they, they've done a good job of sort of capturing the world that's out there. And, um, and then in the context of the, uh, the December special, um, you know, there's, there's one extra level leading up for every day leading up to Christmas, each one unlocks as you go. And so you can, that's, that's one of the ways they're adding content. And yeah, I think next time we can go into more how there's like the different extra challenges on each level and how the overworld works and everything. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's been a really fun game. It's a silly game. And, um, you know, my, my son really likes the, as a six year old really likes the, some of the goofy juxtapositions of objects. Yeah. There's, looks like there's a super monkey ball. Maybe you referenced to even in there as I flip through the trailer again, but, um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just on the screenshot of the Mario world one, one or whatever, which, yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. So, um, and again, I, I think this will be a refrain until one of us or both of us commits, but I could definitely see like sitting around with my kids in front of the TV with Apple TV, playing this, taking turns and levels. To me, it looks like it has an enjoyment factor, even just watching someone else playing the game where the levels aren't so big and vast that you're, you're confused about what's happening and you get to sort of see the funny stuff that happens, the, the hilarity of, you know, I guess losing the ball or whatever, the bad stuff that might happen. You have to restart levels and things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can definitely see this be a fun one where, you know, if I'm sitting down and playing it, my cousin or nephews or whatever that are over for the holidays and stuff, will see it and, and want to give it a try and kind of jump in pretty easily, I would guess. So, um, should be a fun one to try out. Yeah, definitely fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to it. Cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we thank you for listening. And, uh, and like we said at the beginning, of course, we're, the show is available in Apple podcasts and wherever you get podcasts now, as of right now, as you're listening on Patreon, if you're listening, you can go subscribe in the normal feed. Uh, cause we, won't be do double publishing to the Patreon one unless there's special episodes and things that we want to give to our effectively like our Apple Arcade listeners. I guess it's like if you're, <laughs> if you're paying for Apple Arcade, you could pay for Patreon and and get sort of a subscription only service of stuff that's not available to everybody else in the world. Uh, Patreon.com slash good stuff. And uh, but anyways, thank you for listening to 25 Cents, this Apple Arcade review podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as Ultra Nerd and URD. And of course, you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Patreon. Good stuff. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.